Welcome to the Up The Cream Podcast 2022, episode 13. I'm Dan Tomlinson, joined as always by Rich Harrison, aka Pommy Rich. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very well, mate. And you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, despite uh, what was a really disappointing, frustrating Challenge Cup defeat on Saturday, losing to Huddersfield 24-16, uh, just beaten by the yeah. better team on the day, you know, that old cliche. Yeah, from what I've seen, yeah, very much, very much that um, to come up against a, a, an opposition that that played to their strengths and and really exposed our weaknesses. Yeah, they're a good team. I just feel you know they're third in Super mm-hmm. League. They only lost twice all season, one of which was against Hull as well. I think that's a key thing to point out. But mm-hmm. yeah, this was just it was one of those days where Hull were just second best, and it happens. You know, sometimes your opposition are just better than you. You know, you can you can yeah. you can give it you, you give it your all. You can you know defend tough. You can try to get through your sets, but. Ultimately, when you've got a side that are tough themselves, who are resilient, who are in that grind, and you know, obviously their energy is huge and their drive is huge, and it, it you know, it is what it is, isn't it? Sometimes it happens where you just get beaten, I say, by the better team, and that's what happened. And it is disappointing, it's frustrating, as every defeat is, because we want to win. But the reality is, you can't win every week. Um, like we just said, we're second best, though, clearly second best, but they stayed in that fight and they were in the game, so. It's not like we've just gone and rolled over and got absolutely embarrassed. It wasn't great, don't get me wrong. Hull were undercut, they were off the pace, they weren't, you know, the standards weren't what we've seen at times this year. But yeah. it's not meltdown mode territory. Thirteen episodes in now, we've said that this is what this year is all going to be about. It's gonna have its it's gonna have yeah. its ups and it's gonna have its downs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean we've we've been I think we've been trying to manage people's expectations since day one, haven't we? Um we've been saying, you know, it's a it's a year of it's a year where there's going to be there's going to be another roller coaster, but we're going to get to where we want to be. We're not a finished article. We're not. We're a mile away from being a finished article, and we haven't got the full squad that the coach wants. He's still got some people hung over that he was trying to get rid of, and 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 some people that he probably wishes went under long term contracts, but are. Um, you know, it, we're we're nowhere near the finished article, mate, and um, and I think, you know. You know that result away at Leeds, as good as it was, Leeds were terrible. You know we go to Wigan and we only lose by a point. That's a real step in the right direction. And you know you can, it's human nature. You get excited and you think, great, we're on the up and up and up and up. But then you know you come crashing back down to earth the next time you lose a game. And unfortunately, it was a cup quarter final. Um, but again, you know I think I'm always. I'm, <laughs> like my psyche is, you know, like like with it's like equated to the Premier League soccer at the moment, right? I, I opened the BBC website this morning and I saw Brentford had won. And I was like, Jesus, Brentford. Brentford are in the Premier League. And I forget, you know, I forget that they're in the Premier League and I forget I forget that Huddersfield are a decent team. I still think, oh, bloody Huddersfield, Jesus. You know, they're a second division team, they're rubbish, they're a load of crap. Huddersfield this year have been very, very solid. Lost, like you say, lost a couple of games and that's it. You know, we struggled past them the first time and this time they struggled past us. That wasn't actually lacking. It was a close game and we, we made it close at the end as well. That was two fairly even sides. One who completed and executed better than the other. That's what that was. That was two really well-matched sides at the weekend. We weren't humiliated. We weren't smashed. Yes, we could have won. But we never looked like getting smashed and we never looked like running away with it either. That's twice we've played them and it's one all and they've both been arm rattles. You know, it's, you know, you've got to look at it for what it is. We're not 
Wigan. We're not St. Helens. We're not the Hull FC of 2016. We're going to be a team that occasionally brings in a, a 10 out of 10 performance and occasionally brings in a 5 or a 6 out of 10 performance. But we're going to average at about a 7.5. And, and that's exactly what it was at the weekend. It was about a 7.5. And, and the other team played at an 8.5 and, and we lost. That's the reality of it, mate. That's the nail on the head. And again, we've, we've all got to accept that. We've got to accept where we are. That's the main thing. We've, we know we know why. We had the meltdowns last season and the club have gone the first steps, if you like, to rectifying some of those you know areas where we all feel that where we're struggling and hopefully we'll continue to do all that at the end of the, at the end of this season but we know we've got our hands tied with some some aspects of the salary cap at the minute and where we can spend and where we can't spend and who we want and who we want to let go and yeah that's, the reality is we're going to have days like this and it's frustrating it's really frustrating don't get me wrong and it's it's even more frustrating when you're in the game you give yourself a foothold you get back into it and then you sort of sucker punch yourself and that did happen Quite a few times, and I get why people were, you know, so outspoken about that. I mean, like I said, Huddersfield a good team, fair play, but Hull didn't help themselves. They, they started well, you know, they looked determined, they looked like they had something about them, you know, it was a reasonable, more than satisfactory start. They forced a drop out, we then cough up the restart, and it's like a sucker punch in the face, isn't it? You lose all that momentum, it's like you, you pop the bubble, and it happened all the time. Again, all get themselves back into it in the second half. Score a decent try. Oh, great. Only four points down now. Then Griffin obviously picks up a loose ball, runs away, uh, gets tackled by Lola here, and the ball gets dislodged. It's just little things like that, little momentum swingers. And they definitely took this thing out of the game, and then obviously they hand the ascendancy back to the opposition, and just little things like that. But the key errors, basic errors, you know, and we say it all the time. And, and one thing Hull FC are absolutely brilliant at is compounding those errors, aren't they? And yes. We always seem to do it. How many times do we go error, penalty, try to the opposition? and yeah, yeah. Or penalty on penalty as well is the other one, isn't it? And that seems to be that seems to be ingrained in in us a little bit. Um, and you know that's not a that's not a Hodgson thing. That's been happening for five years. That's been happening for as long as I can remember, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I don't remember watching old twenty five years ago. I was five years old. I don't know, just turned thirty. Yeah. But you know, ever since I can remember, yeah, you're going back twenty years nearly, and it's always been the same. It's always been yeah. you're scratching your head, pulling your hair out of see because of the mistakes and because of the potential. Kind of a word out there, potential. But yeah, it's always the same. We seem laboured at times, and we seem like we're just lacking something. And that was the case on Saturday. It was. I say that we're in the fight. They're in the contest, which shows that at the very least, we're not. You know, we're not rolling away from teams and. If we get that throughout the season, because let's not forget this is what we got in the first half of last season. If we get that right throughout the year, then I'm still confident that we'll pick up a few results. And and again, it's a it's a measure of where we are that we know that we're not good enough to to be a, a top team, a top two, a top four, or you know making major finals or anything like that. But we can put enough wins together to get it to get in the sixth, and that's what this year's all about. I think again, it's an, it's an acceptance. It really is. Um, and it's it's frustrating. I I do I get it. I get it, and I share that frustration. I share that disappointment because it's the Challenge Cup, innit? There's nostalgia about the Challenge Cup. There's a romance about the cup. It's different yeah. to the league, and yeah. it hurts more. You know, again, you have to give your credit to your opposition. I just feel the good value, and they won the they won the forward middle battle for a start. And when you do that, you're halfway there to winning a rugby league match, aren't you? Um, Which ben, is unusual against us this year. You know, we haven't lost many. We haven't lost many forward battles this year. No, we haven't been outgunned really, haven't we? The St. Helens obviously blows away, but brilliant organisation that will blow pretty much yeah, every. Yeah. You know they'll blow Wigan away in the semi-final. You'll watch; they're they're an outstanding team. 
But yeah, we, we seem to stick in that battle, don't we? Yeah, just a word about the semi-final draw as well. Does that or does that not disprove the whole hot ball, cold ball rumour that has bogged down sport for years? The RFL must have been wishing upon wish that they kept Saints and, and Wigan apart. So that, that would be the final. And, you know, you've got Saints and Wigan meeting in one semi-final and two, you know, crappy teams meeting in the other semi-final, you know? So, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that kind of disproves that once and for all, I think. Yeah, it it's, uh, shows it for the myth it is, done it, it, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can guarantee that a Saints-Wigan final would have sold out Tottenham. Uh, oh. And what a game that would be as well. I mean, the semi-final's going to be a great game. It's mouth-watering, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Up the Giants. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the other game I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd get that all there now. <laughs> um, Don't say anything about them, mate. Don't no. complain. Look at last time. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Draw a line. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, going back to old, old game then... Uh, like I said, just just beaten by a better opposition and a, a yeah. better pack who got on top. I thought for them, Danny Levi was absolutely outstanding, and it's yes. easy to play behind a pack. We always say that about the halfbacks, but it is the same for the hooker as well. And he just constantly picked up on those quicker play the balls and got all on the back foot, and it was outstanding. And we just don't have that. We're we're too lateral. We're not direct enough. And you know, even when we do win the collision and and win the floor, we're just we. <sighs> And here we go, individuals again, but you look at the nine situation right now at all FC, and it's funny because everyone has like the players that like to pick out, and my biggest yeah. my biggest gripe of all at the moment is, is the hooker, and has been for two years, and you've got other people who don't like the fullback, you've got other people who don't like the six and seven, others don't like yeah. the four, you know, blah, 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 yeah. but I look at all FC right now, and the biggest limitation is the nine, and, and you watch what Matt, Matt Parcell did to Castleford on Friday night, it was absolutely electric, you know, working with Jesler and yeah. interchanging, brilliant, and... And that pains me to say it, because that's one player we bloody let go and should never have let go. Um, yes, 100%. And, and it will bite us on the ass. It will continue to do so. Um, and you look at, like I say, you look at Daniel Levi, you, it just it frustrates the hell out of me. Every decent side these days has, has a hooker with a running game, and we don't have that. We'd rather champion him making 65 tackles like it's a good thing. It's not a good thing. It means we'll turn the ball over so much. But... Yeah, I've banged that drum for so long now, and it absolutely infuriates me. We've got we've signed a hooker. What what did we say last year? Right, we need to sign a hooker. Right, so what do we do? We we'll go get Joel Overdue. I think he's played twenty minutes at Castleford at hooker, where we scored two tries in that period. May I add as well? And apart yeah. from that, he's played at yeah. centre. He's played at low man. He's played at back row. He's played at half back. If you want to go on to Hodgson's selections as well, I just don't get it. You know, you put Loverdure at 14, you start Reynolds. Loverdure in the first 20 minutes was just waiting for Reynolds to come on. Then he moved positions, he moved to a middle. middle, And it was it was miles better, he got more involved. He put Andres Sevilla away for a good try. I just, I don't get it. We've got to start seeing Loverdure at nine. I'm not saying he's going to be the answer. You know, I still think we need to go out there and Hullessi's big recruitment next year has to be a, a big nine who's going to, you know, completely dominate that look for us. But... It can't be any worse than what we've got now. We need a running threat, and and like we we've always said, both of us that will that will bring Danny out and on as well because it will spell him, and then he can channel his yeah. energy more and picking the bloody yeah, ball absolutely. up and running. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, to be honest, <clears throat> we've we've kind of missed a trick as well because what Loverdew had at the start of this season was we were bringing him out from under wraps, knowing that we had a talent and knowing that we had a player that was going to really really worry a few teams with his passing with his with his dynamism with his with his you know with his with his running game and then we've wasted that now everyone knows about him we've 
never actually played him in his in his position in his in his preferred position. You know, we've we've kind of you know pussyfooted around, and we've you know I, I know because of injuries and stuff we've had to put him in at six. Um, you know, but like you said last week, you know, he's played at six, he's played in the centres, he's played at hooker, he's played at loose man, he's played at second row, he's played hardly he's hardly played any minutes at all at hooker, and. He would have been a real X factor for us this first half of the season because it would have offered us something completely different. Um, and as it is, we've had to use him elsewhere. You've got John Johnston still sitting on the sitting on the bench and getting paid money. And, and you know, I've got to say, John Johnston hasn't let anyone down this year. He's been very good when he's come on, and they're not using him as a hooker, are they? No, we're not. We're using him as a ball playing middle. Using him as a ball playing middle. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you know, you've you've got. I don't know. It just it just seems to me like we've really missed a trick with with Lovadura. Um and you know he's been very very good and he's been probably Hull's player of the season so far. But he just we just haven't used him effectively. You know when you see what he did last last week against against Wigan, you know that inside pass at full speed when he's you know every sinew of his body is facing in the other direction and he still manages to pop a pass. Know, 15 meters to his left when he's walk when he's aiming right and to land on the on the um, chest of the supporting player who ironically was Houghton. Um, you know just superb but you know we're playing him at six but yeah I don't know mate uh, there's I've been a real defender of Hodgson uh, and I still I still am a defender of Hodgson but there's a naivety there that we've he's got to learn quickly because, you know, we've got a derby coming up, and if we're humbled in a derby, then there's going to be people screaming for his head. Well, I'll keep the Leeds game, and when that team got put out, what was yeah. it, 90 minutes before kick-off at Enley, and everyone yeah. was yeah. reading the riot act. They were ready to go out and oh, win totally. And look what happened. Yeah. Wigan, oh, yeah. again, yeah. it happened again last week at Wigan, one point away. Yeah. It happened again on Saturday. We're still within the game, all right, frustrating defeat, blah, blah, blah. But we're still, we're still there, thereabouts, you know, knocking around. Still in the fight. It's not like we're a million miles away. And, and you know what? We left points on that pitch. We should have scored the opening try. There was a high kick to the right edge and we should have, we should have caught it and put the ball down. Yeah, we didn't. We knocked on. That's my point, Dan. That's my point, mate. My point isn't that, oh, my God, we're terrible, we're abject and it's the coach's fault. It's, we're there. We, we are, got yeah. all the posi- We got all the places. We got all the pieces for the puzzle. He's just not putting it together right at the moment. That's that's my issue. That's fair. I think it's that's it. I mean, you, like you say, if you're going to criticise players, you've got to criticise the coach. Still, not not everyone's blameless. Uh, not at all. It, I, and I, I do get where you're coming from. And like you say, and it, given hindsight, Huddersfield went with four big middles. You can probably say, well, maybe a lane or a yep. board and gives us that little bit of edge to match him again. Who knows? It's it's hindsight. But then I look at it and think, well, that try was three. Sorry, that game, not that try. That, that game was three tries apiece. It was nip and tuck. Yep. It was in the balance. You know, one of them yep. opportunities that we blundered. If if you pick up points there then we probably edged, edged the game, even though we didn't deserve to. But that's another thing, isn't it? We didn't deserve to be anywhere near Huddersfield because they were second best all over the field. Yet we were. We were right in amongst it. So, you know, it's not, yeah, like, it's not yeah. like we're tearing our hair out and saying we're absolutely terrible or anything like that. We're not We're not. We're not we're a million really miles not. away. We're really not. We're, we're, we're not. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're definitely moving forward under Brett Hodgson. Um, problem is, he's, he's, he's working with players, some some of which that he wants to he wants rid of. He's working with players yeah. that, yeah. you know, at the, come to the end of the contract, they will be shown the door. It's as simple as that. And, 
All right, this is this is a, this is a good thing, good place to, to good place to change the subject. Then, um, I had a message from Tim who writes for the cream at the weekend, and he elaborated on a point. Um, it's the same point we made actually. I touched on it in my match report, and he sends me this message. It's literally like we're twins and we've got the same brains. It's quite scary at times, to be honest. But uh, I'll just I'll just read it out. He put um, it's a comparison between Brett Hodgson and Ian Watson. Well, obviously arrived at the roles at Hull and Huddersfield at the same time. So he puts uh, Huddersfield. A one-year head of Hull, it's as simple as that. Hodgson and Watson have come in at the same time, but with very different resources and contacts, contract scenarios. Hodgson has signed Reynolds, McIntosh, Loverdua, Gale and Evans during his tenure. Watson has signed Lotelli, Lollahia, Theo Farge, Chris Hill, Danny Levi, Josh Jones, Luke Yates, Jack Cogger, Sebastian Nicker, FIFA, Nathan Mason, Jack Ashworth, Joe Greenwood, James Cunningham, Ollie Ashford-Bott, Nathan Petteru, Nathan Peets, Sixteen players have come to the club. Some of them have, some of them were on loan. Some of those were recalled. Yeah, some of those have since, yeah, 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 have come back, and some have obviously since departed, uh, since departed Huddersfield. But that's root and branch, isn't it? That he's oh, been, yeah. he's been able to do that because other players' contracts have come to an end. Hull haven't had that luxury yeah. yet. Brett Hodgson hasn't had that luxury, but fingers crossed, we will do it at the end of the year. Tim finishes yes. by saying, "To think we're actually competing with Huddersfield." And the fact that we actually beat them in the league three weeks ago, when they're a year ahead of us in terms of what they've done with their squad compared to what we've done, is a positive in itself. It's sort of yes. like a mini blueprint to what it what we could be like. I mean, let's let's say next year with more root and branch overhaul of the FC squad, maybe five or six more additions, five or six more departures. Hull could be sat in the semi final of a Challenge Cup and sat third in the table. It's a good point. It's a, it's a good point. It's well made. Um... You know, you, you've, you've, yeah, you, the, the problem is that we've got, like you said, back-ended contracts. You know, that, that people that shouldn't be playing for the club, you know, however, or, or, or are sat on the, the sidelines injured and could well could do well to be at another club somewhere else or have retired by now. You know, it's simple as, isn't it? You've got, you've got some people taking up salary cap that aren't good enough to play for the club. Simple as. Simple as, yeah. And you look at some of those names. You know, Ian Watson, he loves his Tui Lola here. Gets the best out of him. Mm-hmm. Again, with Chris, Chris Hill, mate. Chris Hill's been outstanding this season. He really I know, has. I know, and I'm no lover of Chris Hill, but he's been great. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. I mean, some people are thinking, really? Well, yeah, because Huddersfield don't get shown on Sky. It's all Leeds, 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 isn't it? But he actually has. He re- reads the reports for Huddersfield. Yeah. Read the Huddersfield fans' forums. Yeah, they're all, they're all singing his praises. He has been good, yeah. And, yeah, agreed. He gets the best out of Josh Jones, unfortunately, which obviously winds us up because, you know, he, he's an absolute... I'm glad that somebody does. <laughs> yeah, well, he's an absolute wanker, isn't he? But at least his missus let him out to play this week. And, yeah, That's nice, yeah. Yeah, that was nice of her, yeah, coming across the Pennines. I know it's tough for him. I know it's obviously high altitude sickness and whatnot coming to Yorkshire, but, no, he... Well, you know, it was it was good. It's good that he's gone to Huddersfield because that's about as far as he used to get before he turned around and went home. Wasn't yeah, it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Huddersfield's probably that's that's the, as far as his car is allowed to go without without actually being called back. Yeah, it must, it must go too fast down the hill when he's coming back into West Yorkshire when it gets a little bit flatter. Uh, <laughs> has to go back now. Nah, can't, can't do all that. It's scary over there. Uh, but yeah, he, he just gets the best out of certain players, does he, and Watson, doesn't yeah. he? And it's shown that he's got the players that he wants, and look what he's doing now. I'd like to think that, you know, the theory here that Brighton gets the same luxury, the same beneficiaries, and, and we can do that next year. But again, we're, we're not far off. It's, it's another defeat where, you know, we're ticking some boxes. We're in the fight, at least. We're not playing as well as we'd like. We've got, you know, players who aren't reaching the standards that they've reached in previous parts of this season, but we're still competing. You know, look, Jake Connor was one of those. I'm not absolutely blinkered to 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 see that. I absolutely love Jake Connor. I think he's an absolutely phenomenal player. 
But he wasn't at his best on Saturday. There was a couple of moments where he went for the wrong option. It just didn't come off. It happens, doesn't it? It's yeah. unfortunate that you can't be 10 I, out of 10 every week. The one thing I can level at Jay Economy is that sometimes he tries too hard, doesn't he? If he, he can see that something's, he can see that he needs to step up. He tries to do it all on his own sometimes. I think mean, that's that's the that's the issue there. I think. Yeah, you, um, you can see it. he's trying to force a pass sometimes when it's perhaps yeah. not on. Um, again, though, credit to Huddersfield because they was up in his face. They, they're not, you know, not daft. Jay Connor's whole biggest attacking weapon. I mean, let's go five games without him and, and where the points coming from. It's, it's, that's what it's mean. It's scary to think, and this is why this is why I don't like getting on his back because without him, we are absolutely screwed. Uh, yeah. It's not like we're Penrith Panthers who can play without Nathan Cleary and still win games, or you know Melbourne who can you know lose three of the greatest players of all time and and still come at it and still win premierships and still make finals and preliminary finals. We're not like that, are we? Unfortunately, we we do rely top heavy on our on our very best players in the squad, and that's natural. I mean, even St. Helens still though, mate. They went to Toulouse with four or five up. They got turned over. They're not invincible. We can say that we can say they're absolutely brilliant. They're outstanding. You know, phenomenal, breathtaking. Blah blah blah. But they're not invincible. And this is the thing. You take the best players out of any side, and Connor will win more games than he loses for less. Say that's not to say he lost. I mean, it was funny. The, the try clip by Premier Sports got put out for Lola here. The two on one. Yeah. Why is everyone having a pop at Connor for a two on one? Why isn't everyone yeah. focusing on the bloody gap, which was as big as a Volkswagen yeah. Passat that Luke Yates ran through? You know, I really hope some of these people listen to this because if you're the fullback and you have got two players running at you, you have got, and we've said it before, a twenty percent chance of making the right decision. You know, you've got a, a, a four in five chance that they will score. Simple as, you know, what do you do? You, you, you go for the man with the ball, he passes it, you look an idiot. You go for the man without the ball, that he dummies you and goes past you. you know, or you go for an intercept and, and, you know, you miss it and you look an idiot. Or the guy just runs straight over the top of you. You know, you've got a one in five chance of getting that right. And the greatest fullbacks in the world don't get that right. Billy Slater never got that right. You know, Gary Kemble never got that right. If you want to want to go for a whole play, Steve Prescott never got that right. You know, when you've got players thundering through on the fullback, it's the fault of the players in front. It's the first line of defence's fault. It's not the fullback's fault. Again, he's it, got to do the best he can. Yeah, absolutely. But he's been he's been completely left out to dry. Yeah. And as I say, that that gap on the right edge was literally like a frigging Volkswagen. It's not. It's not yeah. good enough. And I look at my under twelves, right? We do two on one drills of training on a Wednesday night. And if they don't, yes. if they don't successfully complete those two on ones, and it gets to ridiculous numbers where the where the, our you know our step in defender is actually you know dealing with I don't know let's say the third so half of these players, we we put them on we put them on a Malcolm drill. Anyone who's been in a rugby league environment knows what Malcolms are. They're horrible. No one wants to do Malcolms. That's what we do because a two on one, you should be nailing ninety eight percent of them. He should yeah. be executing it perfectly. And Luke Yates did that. He gave the ball to Lola here. Lola here is running at speed. Connor out to turn. He's gone. So two on one. That's what happens. Focus on what's in front of that. Absolutely. And it's just, again, people look at the the second try, the McQueen one, and say, oh, "Where was Jake Connor for that?" It was just an absolutely brilliant play. You know, we did the same thing. We shipped the ball out wide. Savelia went straight through. Where was the fullback there? Should we go Lynch Huddersfield's fullback for for not getting to Savelia? No. Because he won him the because he pretty won him the game with a winning try, so it's just yeah, it's ridiculous and it's sort of like on a hiding to nothing blaming halfbacks as well because what what they're supposed to do when let's say that your pack's not cutting it, you, you play the ball's yeah, absolutely horrendous, your rook's slow, yeah. you know they're in your face by the time you catch the ball. It's 
Again, that's, that's what I'll go back to because that's UFC's biggest limitation right now. The rook is just, it's painful. That's what it is now. Yeah. It is. It's slow. It's, yeah. yeah, from players getting turned on the back all the time. But even when we do get quick rooks, I mean, why why is our hooker crabbing across the field and chucking the ball to bloody back rower's ankles? I know that's still his pick up and go and push people with him. We've got one of the best halfbacks in the comp, potentially, and use that word there, potentially, in Josh Reynolds, who is a direct runner. And loves to push with people and have that support game. He never gets to show it at Hull FC because we're too lateral. Why don't we have yes. people jumping out the rope yeah. and get him to push with you? I just, I just don't right. understand it. Um, That's right. And, and look, to be honest, Reynolds when he came on, um, when he came on on the weekend, he, he actually he affected change. He actually he, he straightened bit. us up. Mm. He straightened us up, mate. That's the only way he knows how to play. He's direct. He does. He doesn't play lateral. He plays direct. You know, and that's probably that's why he's had so many bloody injuries because he goes in where the feet are flying and everything. And if he gets contact injuries, it's because he's putting his body on the line and he takes the ball right to the line. But the problem is, he's a he's a um, he's a support player par excellence. But the problem is, if no one's making a break, there's no one to support. If your hooker's not making a break and your acting half, whoever the acting half is, your your fullback or whoever isn't making a break from the base of the rock. Well, what's he what's he got to support? But even if and you're playing on the front foot, though, yeah, even, even if you, I don't know, if you have a running game and you jump out and you push people with you, you're still going to make ground. That's the thing. We just we got lateral too much. I look at our best performance of the year so far. It was Leeds away, and I know Leeds are absolutely garbage right now, and it's absolutely hilarious to watch. But that was our best performance of the year, and why? Because we were direct. That's all we were that night. Our pack was absolutely outstanding. They ran hard. No, you're right. And, and I'll right. tell you what, Houghton was outstanding that night. Why was Houghton outstanding that night? Because his tackle count was in the 20s and the 30s and he ran with a bloody ball. Yes. Simple game. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really is. That's why Albert Kelly looked bloody average at Rovers when the pack was retreating because their pack was getting absolutely bullied every week, but then looked like a bloody well-beater with us because we had a pack that was moving forward and he had space and time. Mm. It's rule one of, of rugby league. You know, your pack's got to win for your halfbacks to lay the platform. Simple as. Yeah. And unfortunately, even when our pack wins sometimes, we haven't got the nows to actually to actually change the way we play. We still play like we're getting beaten, even though our pack's moving forwards. And that's that comes from that comes from acting half. And that comes from a player that's not, not making a break because he's he'd rather pass and, and make sixty tackles a match. And that's what's happening. It is, yeah. The, the, the composure point is a, is a really good one again because it happened at Wigan, didn't it? Where we started off par and we finished the game. We're trying to go for the miracle play instead of setting the foundations. And, and the way we got back into the game at Wigan was literally going by set by set, finishing in the corners, making Wigan bring the ball out, trying to pin them, getting the field position, winning the field position battle, and then obviously striking. I know the way Hull clawed themselves back into the game and took the lead at Wigan, I thought was was actually outstanding. And they did yes. a little bit, yeah. and this is this is the problem. They did it again, but it was only a little bit. It was in stages at Huddersfield. Straight after half time, that try that Savelio scored was three or four sets in the making. It was literally pinning Huddersfield and pinning them, and kicking to the corners and defending well, and then striking when obviously they got gassed. But then we, we go yeah. away from that. We make an error again, and this is this is the frustrating thing about it. And some some, some errors happen, right? I'm not saying you're going to go error free trying a game, but when you're forcing patties, and when you, you know, and Connors is guilty of this as well, so everyone is. When you're throwing 20, 30 yard passes in your own half and it don't come off, or if you get bundled into touch, or you know, you make an error because you're not expecting it or whatever, and it's just so frustrating. It really is. You, sometimes it is an arm wrestle and it's a grind, and it's not 
particularly pretty, but it's what win games. You've got to get in that wrestle sometimes and keep finishing your sets and finishing the corners. And It's like, cool, do it, but then they get bored of doing it and they think, oh, I'm going to have to do something different because otherwise fans on Facebook will whinge. And <laughs> and they do. Because how many times have, have you seen it where they say, oh, it's boring, it's boring. But sometimes we believe like that. Sometimes it's about yeah. you know just getting through your sets and then playing when you've earned the right to. That's the key yeah, thing. Yeah, you're dead right. Yeah, you're dead right. Yeah, we've got to start being smarter, haven't we, as as a club and and pulling away from all this nonsense. And I think I think we've actually started to do that now. I think we've had, well Hodgson definitely has. He's come in and he's realised what the problems are. He's realised who the limitations are, and he's also realised that it's not 2016 anymore. Did you say that in the opening five minutes? It, it, it's that's the reality of it. The year isn't 2016, it's 2022. That's six years and nearly 2,000 days later. And we've got to move yeah. on with some players, and, oh, and that's the reality of it. When we did the call last year, we named those players out on them again. But, you know, Jake Connor is, is the future for FC. He's got areas to fix up. He's the player that's going to play at one. Joe Overdue needs to become the nine. I'm not saying that he is the answer. Who knows? But he needs to he needs to be spelled at least. I'm not saying Danny Alton needs to be dropped or anything like that. I'm saying he needs to be spelled. We've got to go yes. with a running thread, a hooker, someone who can come on after 20, 25 minutes and inject that insource. And then Houghton can do that himself because he'll have the energy to do it. It's just, I just watch him and we literally go around in circles. It's the same problems year after year after year after year, yet we don't do anything about it because we're content on previous endeavour and we're content about these voices. And we're, it, it, it absolutely winds me rotten. And we've, we've got players now, right? Danny Houghton's a whole FC legend. I'm just going to put that out there now. He is a whole FC legend. He's knocking on 400 appearances for the club. He's a legend for tackle 52 alone, isn't he? I mean, let's face it, that's the reality of it. He's been been an absolutely magnificent player for all over the years. But he's not now. And he's in danger of ruining that reputation. That contract should not have been renewed in 2020. It's as simple as that. And just... It just, I just can't get my head around it. Like I say, you watch other teams and you watch how good they are out the rook and we must be the worst side in the competition for actually having a running threat out of nine. Well, there is no running threat out of nine. Exactly. Issue, isn't it? Yeah, that's um, the issue. Let's look at it as... Um, in, in the context of someone like, say, um, Cooper Cronk, um, an absolute legend at, at Melbourne was a one-club player um, you know, took them to final after final after final to grand final win after grand final win. The best, one of the best halfbacks I've ever seen play, and absolutely a product of that, of that Melbourne um, dynasty. You know, and that Melbourne dynasty, as as it kind of started to 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 melt away as people were, were retiring and stuff. You know, you had you had um, Cam Smith went on longer than all of them, but retired a one-club player. You know, Billy Slater retired a one-club player. You know, it was Cam, it was um, Cooper Cronk that went, do you know what? I'm going to go and have a go somewhere else. I'm going to go and have a go at the Roosters because, you know, I've done all I can do here. They're not going to offer me another contract. Or they did offer him a contract, but it was at vastly reduced things because he was 34 or whatever. I'm going to go to the Roosters. And he went to the Roosters and he proved them wrong and he went and won a comp. But the point is, Melbourne went, we've got to go in another direction because you're 34, your body's slowing down. We, we have to be brutal here. We can't be, we, we can't be, you know, nostalgic about this. We think Jerome Hughes is a better long-term, better halfback. See you later, Cooper. And off he went. And unfortunately, you know, Cooper Crunk will always be a legend of that club. He's a legend at two clubs now because he took the Roosters to their first comp in ages as well. Mm. But, 
He's a legend of that club, an absolute legend of that club. And a, a, one of the reasons he's a legend at, at Melbourne is because he left before he embarrassed himself. You know, he, he went before it was obvious that he still he wasn't cutting it. Now you're right; there are a couple, Danny Outen, probably. Well, not that we know because we haven't seen him play much because he's been injured for quite a while. But you know, Tags probably falls into that category as well a little bit. You know, legend of the club, hero of Wembley, but you know, you hang you hang on too long. You know, you hang on too long. It's not a good thing. You know, we've we've been guilty of that over the years. You know, Minicello probably got a year too much out of us. As much as I love what Mike Minicello did for the club, that last season wasn't great. Sikamanu, that last season wasn't great. Ellis, you know, retired, came back. That last season he played, what, eight, ten matches? But he did the right thing, though, didn't he? He retired. It it was still banging for money when he retired. brought him back because we were desperate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That was not his fault, is it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not his fault, no. But there's there's been a a real kind of, oh, well, let's reward them for their efforts over the years feeling. And unfortunately... He just, yeah, it leaves leaves a bit of an odd taste in my mouth. Um, look, I, I really, like you said, Danny Houghton, an absolute legend of the club, and will always be remembered, and and will always will always be a, a great of the club, and will be fated down the years as as one of the best to ever play for the club. But he's what thirty four now. Um, there comes a time when your body just goes, nah, no more. Now the thing with Danny Houghton was he could always he could always mix his game up a bit. He could always dart from from dummy half. There was that play that they used to do with Sneed, where Sneed would kick against the grain back back towards the inside, and and Danny Houghton would be there, and they scored three or four tries like that um, over about a five week period, and then put it to rest for a couple of weeks, and then brought it back out when they needed to again, and it was a really cool little play and all the rest of it. He doesn't do that anymore because he's not quick enough to get there anymore. Um, and you know, he's got a great motor. That's what something we've always said about Danny Houghton is that his his engine's fantastic. But there comes a time when, you know, you're 34 and you're slowing down, that you can't make 60, 70 tackles a match, and you shouldn't be having to make 60, 70 tackles a match. Yeah, it's heroic. Yeah, it's fantastic. But it's not helping us win games. No one's questioning his 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 guts. No one's questioning his work ethic. No one's questioning his his will to win, and no one's questioning his his commitment to the cause. What I'm saying is, it's going to take a brave coach to tap him on the shoulder and go, "That's enough, Danny. That's enough, mate. You've done enough." And I only think that that day, if it's not here now, it, it's approaching rapidly. It has to. It has to. It has to. The CEO has to do that. The the owner of the club has to do that. The tea lady has to do yeah. that. Bloke who makes the coffees in the morning has to do that. It's. We can all see it, can't yeah, we? I love the block. I, yeah, I love the block. Absolutely. And, and no one, yeah. no one is questioning his 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 commitment to the cause and his desire and his wants and his black and white through and through. No one's questioning that. It's just that, mate. It's not. It, it, it's simple as Danny. It's not helping us win games. The style of play is not helping us win games. Now, if you can change the style of play and and play the way that the coach wants you to play, well, great. But if you don't, mate. You're not going to get picked every week. You're going to be sitting in the reserves. Do you know, here's a place in the in the coaching thing. Do you want it? Or, Danny, can we help you find another club? I, I'm sorry, and I hate myself for saying it, but I think we're at that level now. 
we we are, and I'd, I'd argue we've been there for for two years now. To be honest, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> few people start saying, "Oh yeah, he's the up the cream scapegoat again," but the game has changed. The game's changed it's now. Me. It's a faster game. We've got six against now. The, the speed of the game is absolutely ridiculous. I think we said a couple of weeks ago that what these players actually put them through, put themselves through now is 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 nothing short of incredible. Really, the contact, the intensity of the game, the speed of the game—it's all—it's all incredible. It really is. And if you don't have that running threat at nine, and which we haven't got and we haven't had for a while now, I just don't see where we're just going around in circles and we're not going to make any progress. And the reality of it is, when no one's questioning, like you're saying, I'll say it again, no one's questioning the effort level, the commitment, the drive for FC. Not the defensive effort every week is absolutely outstanding, but it's not a good thing. Yeah. We've been championing the fact that he's been so play Hitman, what, seven out of 12 years, whatever it is, whatever, yeah, 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 whatever it was. It's not a good thing. It really yeah, isn't. It was one of them years that he missed half a dozen matches through injury and he still got it. Yeah, exactly, which tells you what. He's doing too much and it's a, it's a result of us turning the ball over all the time. It's a result of not playing on the front foot. It's a result of us not having enough possession. And that's fine. And that's fine. In that case, spelling. You know, make it do it. Do what they do with Roby at Saints. Roby don't play 18 minutes anymore. No, obviously you've got uh, yeah, you Lizzie coming on. But even at Rovers, and it freaking pains me to say this, it really does, but they've got yeah. it absolutely bob on at the minute with Matt Parcell and Jez Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely bob on. Two absolute live wires from the rook who will push. You've even got Jordan Abdul making breaks off them two. He's not a fast yeah. halfback. You know, he's probably on no. the same pace level as a Jake Connor. If he can do it, no. we can do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not no, having a go at Jordan Abdul there. You've got two. You've got two really similar, really similar players doing exactly the same thing. You know, and you know when as, as an opposition defender, you look up and you go, "Oh, brilliant! Parcel's gone off. Fantastic! We can have a bit of a oh Christ, no! Here comes Litton. You know, that's demoralising for your opposition. Now, you know, I, I honestly don't think, and this is a horrible thing to say, but I honestly don't think that an opposition defender looks at Danny Houghton and thinks, "Oh my God, he's going to make a break past me." I don't think they do. When's the last time he made a break? Even Jordan Johnston made one and he's now cameo at Sheffield two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, no one looks at him and goes, oh, there's a running threat there. Nobody. Because he's not a running threat at the moment because he's, his game is based around defence and around distribution. You know, which, that's not a modern hooker. Not a modern hooker. It's not. I made the point saying James Roby jumps out, Matt Parcell jumps out, Happy Coruscant, yeah. Damien Cook, Reed Marnie. Next door's cat even did it on Saturday when the car pulled up. Why haven't all got that for it? It's yeah. it absolutely infuriates me. It really does. And it's it's like you said, we hang on to players too long. We do it all the time and we wonder why we're running around in circles. And it's not the only example, there's other examples as well. You've pointed a few out. And it's been the case for as long as I can remember. We've got players in that squad now we're not getting any value out of. We've got some players who will get the benefit of the doubt, like a Kane Evans. He's got to offer more. It's as simple as that. But he's three games into his whole three, career. Three games, yeah. So That's he'll get the benefit of the doubt for now. But this, if this is still the case in August, September, then we've got to start saying, well, what, what are we getting out of him? You're on big money, pal. You need to do more. You know, look yeah. at, and it, Again, you look at Brad Fash. He comes in. He, he was one of the those better players for me. Again, Liggy Sal was good too. If, we, if we're going down that road, you know, you look at the value we get out of Liggy Sal, he's water on what. Chris Satai don't look fit for me. You know, Andrea Savellier was, was very good, but then he was part of the contribution for that, you know, the Volkswagen gap that Buddy Luke Yates ran through for the winning try. So Yeah, yeah. I mean you can't be perfect every week. No, you can't. No. But this is what gets me because Jake Connor has to be perfect every week or he gets lynched. Oh, yeah, so why don't the same yeah. rules apply to anyone else? 
exactly if right. Jake Connor has to be prime Billy Slater every game, then Danny Allen has to be prime Damian Cook every game. Chris Satter has to be uh, prime Paul Gallon every game. You know, that's that, that's it. It can't just be one rule for one and then another for another. You've got to be consistent here, haven't we? Or we look a bit daft. No, I agree. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean about the scapegoat point. I'm not picking out a scapegoat. I'm, I'm saying there's players there that haven't reached standards. I just named them. Satay. Jake Connor didn't reach the standards. Luke Gill didn't reach the standards that he expected himself. There's reasons for that. There's uh, obviously flaws and limitations that we've discussed and reasons why because the pack was obviously beaten. That doesn't help your creative players. But again, Josh Griffin will be absolutely gutted that he didn't make the trial line when he, got, when he picked up the loose ball and made the break. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be, he'll, inside he'll be thinking, I'm figuring out. I should have got there. I should have... You know, I should have got over the line. And he'll be kicking himself. But let's hope next time when he's in that similar situation, he will get over the line. You know, I'm not picking scapegoats. I'm not picking picking on players. I want what's best for the team. And I want, I, and that's just the way we see it. You know, like I say, you can either agree with that or you, you don't agree with that. Personally, I couldn't give a crap because we're all entitled to opinion. I won't call someone out for having an opinion. If I don't agree with them, I don't agree with them. If I agree with them, I agree with them. That's... That's the reality of it, isn't it? But the way I see it right now, and obviously the way you see it right now, is the hooker is a huge problem at Hull FC. Now, going forward, we've got to bounce back at Rovers. You know, there's the bloody old derby on Friday. Then we've got Warrington on Easter Monday. We've got Catalans the week after. So it's going to get tough. It's going to get really tough now. We've got three massive fixtures in the context of all season. Joel Overdue has got to play some minutes at nine in those three games. Absolutely he does, yes. Yeah, no, 100% he does. 100% he does. Yeah, he has to. He has to, and then if he doesn't, well, then there's there's something. I don't know, mate. There's, are we seeing something that no one else does? Um, are, are we are we hypercritical? I, I don't know. I, I think judging by the uh, what I saw in my timeline, I mean, I only follow five hundred people, but what the stuff that I saw in my timeline, there's a lot of similar thought processes. Obviously, like I said, not everyone agrees. Why would we? It's it's sighted. We don't have to agree. It's not North Korea, but. A lot of people are, are noticing it and, and picking it out now. The the rook is, yeah. is painful. And that's not all on Houghton. Yeah. It's not all on Houghton. Again, it's it's on us not winning the collision as well. But when we get it right like we yeah. did at Leeds, when you get that roll on, it's, you've got to be in sync, haven't you? And, and we're just not getting that at the moment. Let's see, we're going around I mean, in circles. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get to the NRL um, shortly. Um, and th- there'll be something that I'm going to say about the Tigers. Uh, and, and there's a word that I've written in my notes, and, and I wrote it during the game yesterday because I'm really diligent, you know, as a podcaster. Um, I make notes and stuff. And, and the, the word I've written in capital letters is passive. Mm. And that's what the Tigers have been. And that's what we're in danger of becoming. You know, you've got to win that rock. You've got to, you've got to fall on your hands and knees. You've got to do a quick play of the ball, which we were amazing at at Leeds, but we seem to have moved away from. And then, you know, when, when you've got a, a retreating defence and you haven't got markers and you're leaving bodies on the floor, well, then, you know, that's when your hooker does make, make, make ground and, and all the rest of it. It's just the issue we've got at the moment is that it's a little bit of a perfect storm. You know, we've had players playing out of position. We've probably flattered to deceive for a little bit. We're probably seeing more of a more of what Hull actually are in that Huddersfield game. We've probably even flattened to deceive away at Wigan, which you know we probably couldn't should have won that game. But at the end of the day, we didn't. Um, I don't know. Mate. We we just need to. Um, I think we need to take a little bit of a bite of the reality sandwich. You know, we we're not we're not all that people think we're going to be um, just right now. No, we'll get that. Absolutely, could not agree with that. But, um... 
back to a green again after last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, overall, though, if you, if you take the nine games, won five, lost four, uh, it's still a satis- satisfactory start. We're fifth in the league. Obviously, we've had a disappointing cup defeat, but it is how we bounce back now. But we've got to, we really have got to, like you say, take a bite of that reality sandwich. Maybe not just take a bite, but maybe eat the full sandwich because this is what it's going to be like throughout the full season now. It's going, we're going to have ups and we're going to have downs because that's where we are as a side. We are a mid-table team. There's a lot of entitlement amongst our our fan base, and we can all be guilty of this from time to time. It's like we take two thousand yeah. fans to Huddersfield, so we've got to win. No, it don't work out like that, does it? Um. Yeah, it's frustrating. It is. It's disappointing, but you've got to accept it. We really have. We're where we are for a reason, and we've got to obviously keep pushing forward as a club and keep making the right decisions. And I just hope they can pick off this year where they did last winter. And I mean, the decisions that they made last winter were undoubtedly the right decisions, but it's about continuing that process. And they were the right decisions. We just need to make more of them, don't we? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and unfortunately, it's going to be another se- another close season where there's a lot more difficult decisions to make. Um, and and you know that's nobody's fault. It just it, it's well, it is somebody's fault, but that somebody is now coaching Castleford. Yeah, he's a big part of that. Obviously, I don't think the club out themselves either. Um, uh, in what in how in in how they did it, it's like like you say they were riding previous endeavour and. Obviously, you've got an owner who jumps in from time to time, and we've got the reality of it as well. We've got a, we've got a CEO in James Clark who does. Let's face it, he does about five, six different roles into one. He works his absolute backside off doing sixteen-hour days, and and he's learning that role on the job. He's never he's never been a CEO before. He's never been a chief executive. He's learning that on the job, and nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes at work. He's probably made a couple of things where he said, "Oh yeah, maybe I did make the right wrong decision there. Maybe I should have given him a short deal. Maybe I shouldn't have given him a deal at all." But I tell you what, look what he's look what he's done this year. Look what he did last winter. Oh yeah. Look who he brought in. I mean, oh, the Joe Overdue thing's a masterstroke. And you think yeah. the players he retained last year, the ones who got new deals last year, your Satires, your Connors, your Fashes, your Griffins, mm-hmm. even this year your Jordan Lanes, they're all the right decisions. So the way I see it right now, he is make he's getting better in that role, if you like. He's making yeah. the right decisions. Yeah, let's hope that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And let's hope that that can continue. And I say I'll never call the block because honestly <laughs> Not saying I mean his pocket all the time or anything like that, but I know the effort that he puts in and all the members of staff at the club as well. And I know the work ethic that they've got and the volume of stuff that they do at that club. And, and to be honest, it is nothing short of phenomenal at times. They work the well, you'll, you'll, you'll you'll never you'll never become a millionaire working at a rugby league club. You know, the money the money will be the hours will be long and the money will be pretty average, I should say. Um, you know, it's um it's a fairly thankless task. It is, yeah. It's, it's a tough gig, it really is. Um, and obviously, it's even tougher right now. Obviously, with COVID, uh, we've reduced TV deals again. That's something we've all we've all got to factor in. But then, I suppose you can still say, well, look at St. Helens and look at their recruitment, and you sort of look at Huddersfield and their recruitment. You know, signing Danny Levi and you know people like Jack Cogger who are obviously decent players. And and again, St. Helens' recruitment is absolutely outstanding. The players they're bringing in, in Luzer, Copperwhite. Obviously, uh, Katie Siren and you know Ignatius Party, blah blah blah. They're all top quality. I mean, they're they're the best imports in the competition. It's as simple as that. They're up there at least. Uh, that's that's the challenge, isn't it? Even if in in the climate, we've got to we've got to get all that right. And but yeah, the here the here and now. I mean, it's such a pivotal part of the season now. And if we, you know, if I could dare I say if we can win two out of four, or three out of four of our next four games, then things look all right again, don't they? But then again, if you win on Friday, things are all right again. So. 
this year is it's a massive reality check, isn't it? It's a it's a massive dose of that reality sandwich, and I've just got to accept again where we are. It, it's sort of repetitive, isn't it? It's tedious, it's boring, but the reality is that's that's the situation. We're not a top team anymore, but we can become that. I still maintain we've got some outstanding players. We've got parts of the whole that are really good, but we've also got some things that hold us back, and I think we've mentioned some of those in the previous fifty odd minutes or so. Um, so just put two blokes' opinions, just how we see it. Um, don't have to agree with it. You can see we're talking nonsense. It don't bother me. But yeah, uh, other challenge cut results. Um, Rovers thirty four, Cast ten. I mean, Cast were absolutely atrocious. That must be said. Yeah. Fair play to the nearest and dearest. As I say, the talkers are outstanding. But yeah, Castleford, Lee Radford, what's going on there? Crikey, Catalans twenty, St Owens thirty six. Again, we've mentioned Wigan. They went to Wakefield and won 36-6. Wakey won four in a row. Wigan turning them over like that. They're a good side, you know. Um, and obviously, our game, Huddersfield 24, Hull 16. So, I think the Wigan thing... It, if, right, if you're looking at Hull's last three games... Forget Sheffield. Forget Sheffield, because that was a walkover. It's second... Yeah, you know, respect them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to just respect them, but it was a walkover. Looking at... They've played Huddersfield twice and Wigan once. Wigan sit second. Huddersfield sit third. We've pushed them all three. We've, well, we've beaten one of them once, and we've pushed Wigan all the way. Lost by uh, what was it? Seventy seventh minute, seventy eighth minute field goal. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting all Australian now. Field goal, and then obviously, Huddersfield <laughs> were in the game, and you know it, it could have gone either way. It could, you know, who were undercut, blah blah blah, lethargic, not not really, you know, at the races, but they're still thereabouts. They're the second and third place sides in Super League. Doesn't that actually? Uh, warrant a little bit of closer inspection. It's not like we've just gone and lost to the tenth place side in Soap League, or anything like that. Yeah, these are two decent teams. Yeah. And again, it's a decent. As much as it pains us to say it, we're playing a team that, you know, obviously the media darlings right now because they play a good brand of rugby. And then, thing is, Warrington aren't going to keep losing. Obviously, they didn't play this weekend. They were knocked out in the last round. But, you know, they've got Salford on. I think it's uh, Shrove Thursday. So. You know, you'd, you'd think that they would win that. They're not going to keep losing forever, so that makes them dangerous when they come to us. Then we've got Catalans. You know, these are, these are going to be three tough games as well, and it's sort of setting himself up for adding to nothing here. We could have three defeats, and then it really will be meltdown mode. But if we do pull off a couple of scalps here, then then shouldn't that make us think, you know what, actually, you know, that ain't half bad. This side ain't half bad after all. Well, I think, I mean... That's, that's, that's been the issue, isn't it? Is is that we've we've kind of flattered to deceive a little bit, but when when the, the chips have been down, like at Leeds away at Wigan, we, we've put a bloody shift in. We really have. Um, what we've what we've lacked is a little bit of of cutting edge, you know, and and, and that polish. Um, you know, like you said, away at Leeds, they were abject. We were good. Um, perfect storm for us. Um, Away at Wigan, Wigan were good. We were good. That was on a knife edge. Huddersfield and Hull at home, you know, a grind and we won. Huddersfield and Hull away in the cup, a grind and we lost. Um, and still, even though we're, we're nitpicking and we're, you know, we, we want us, we want our team to win every game. Of course we do. Otherwise, there'd be no point doing a podcast. There'd be nothing to talk about, would they? Um, st- I'm still content where we are as a squad and where we are as a team um, it's just infuriating when you look at it and you know the, the whole thing we said about with, uh, with uh, um, 
with with a, a composition of squad or with uh, with who he's picking and, and where he's picking them or you know when we were talking before about you know sometimes the the, the naivety of, of using or not using subs correctly they're things that you look at and go god if only we got that right if we got those little one percenters right that's the difference between winning at Wigan and losing at Wigan do you know mm. um that's that's why I'm that's why I'm 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 passionate about it because I can see that it's there we've got the genesis of something starting here we really have um we've just got to we've got to we've got to hold our nerves simple as that's that's a good way to put it yeah it's 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 there it's composure it's it's about polishing it all off isn't it and and, and we've got to hold our nerves as a supporter group mate because if we start getting on players' backs and start getting on, you know, and, and you know, having said after me just having a go at Danny Houghton, but um, you know, if, if we start if we start really picking apart that team and having a go at the coach and all the rest of it, well, then it's, it's counterproductive. It really is. It is in the sense um, that we've, I mean, we had some meltdowns last year anyway, but the club seem to be going in the right direction with how they see things yeah, now. Since then. So they get the benefit of the doubt for now because that direction seems to be going forward. If if we end up re-signing some of these players, I mean, I've already said sorry, but if that one gets a new contract, then I'm rioting. I'm off to the cake on with my bed sheets and everything, mate. I'm starting. I'm, I'm going to incite a riot down on every road. I really am, and probably the same for a couple more of them as well. Yeah, and but while the club, do you know what? I hope he has an absolute blander on Good Friday and shuts me up. I really so do. do I. So do I, and and you know, likely he will. But that's the problem, isn't it? Is that one game and three is fantastic. That's not mm. enough. No, exactly. Well, no, not if we're going down the Jake Connor road because that's what he gets slagged off for. So, again, the same rules have got to apply, haven't they? But that, that's been us problem for a while, though, even in the cup winning years. You know, we should have won Soul Plague, and I'll go back down to that and argue that with anyone. Yep, yep, 2016. We were content. Yep. Party so long, didn't we? But we're content on that yep. cup thing. Wembley, mon- monkey off the back. Now, you've got to go again. That's what separates uh, the whole clubs. You know, your Cassies, uh, you know, clubs like that who can make a final now and then. Win something. Well, not in the case of the two, but in our case, yeah, we can win a trophy. But then we'll do bugger off for 10 years. Whereas Wigan, St. Helens, they'll win one. Yeah, that's great, but we'll go with another one now. Another one. Never content. Never take their eye off the prize. And that's why them two, them two are in British Rugby League are just in a league of their own, aren't they? And, yeah. yeah, definitely. And that's funny itself because Derby this week will be all one true Derby shite and all that boring nonsense. That sends me to sleep, but... Yeah, and, and they're right. Hull and Rovers is special because it's two teams from one city, one place, and obviously you're black and white or you're red and white, you know, east v west. But St. Helens and Wigan's a different kettle of fish. It's like the it's like the Barcelona and Real Madrid of rugby league in the UK. That's what it is. It's, it is two absolute titans in, in the Northern Hemisphere going toe-to-toe and winning things and competing with each other to win things. It's it's completely different. And Remember when Paul Cook came on last year and he said he'd love all... You know, the old clubs to get to that level I just I can't see it happening because I don't think we have that that mentality and the drive and, that, and again that's going full circle to the point you've just made a one in three ain't good enough Got to, I want the performances to be bang 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 sometimes you won't get the result I can accept that but you've got to have the performance there week in week out and obviously that's the challenge that's what we've got to get to that's what we've been banging the drum for for years and years and years now yeah yeah I agree Yep, yeah, I agree. The problem is he's getting there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. It is. It's, it's, yeah, it's a massive problem. But, you know, there's, there's some signs there. We're just, I mean, again, 
this put every player can improve and we've said Jake Connor's got areas to improve in his game. We all know that. Every player has. Adam Swift needs to cut out some daft mistakes. I love Adam Swift. I think he's an absolute breath of fresh air on that wing. But he still makes a couple of daft errors. Volji Kapani, been absolutely great in the twelve games that he's played. But again, errors on Saturday. Josh Griffin, I think he's been up there with all the most consistent players for two or three years now. There was errors in him on Saturday. Yeah. Andre Savelio, yep. love him as a back row player. Again, there's errors. You know, there's gaps in that defensive line. But, but mate, 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 mate. You're, you're a, you're a uh, Penrith supporter, right? I saw Jerome Luai drop a, drop oh, a high yeah. ball, you know, and, and you know, which, which he should have taken and was, was an appalling drop. It was and, awful, and something yeah. That a, prof- a professional footballer should be absolutely disgusted in. But are you calling for his head? Are you saying he should be dropped? No, you're not. No, because you know he's a good not. player and you're behind him. Absolutely. You know? It's you know we we just got to we, we we've got to we got beaten on the weekend. The the reality of sport is we will get beaten. Yet it was unfortunate because it was a cup quarter final, and the cup was our probably one chance of of of, of, of uh, silverware here. Yeah. However, you know we we just got to take the roof off the smooth and we just got to move on. Yeah. We can't we can't we can't keep going over the same old thing, mate. We, we weren't good enough. We got to hope that we are good enough next time. Yep, Re- regroup, go again. That sounds like a boring NRL coach press conference, that. <laughs> Love a good cliche. Um, we go again. Yeah, we go again, but that's what we've got to do, isn't it, on Friday, roll sleeves up. And if you can't get any fire in your belly for that, then we've got a problem, haven't we? But I don't, I don't think we have got a problem. You know what, well, we have got some issues, and we've got some flaws, limitations, blah, blah, blah. But, see, we've got some very good components. We're not a basket case, mate. We're not Cass. Yeah, exactly. Not Leeds, LOL. And we're not Rovers. You know, yeah, Rovers might have won in the in the quarterfinal and everything, but they've still only won two games all bloody season in the league. Two, yeah. three games all season. Yeah, know? three now, isn't it? Yeah. They haven't been great. No, they're, they're exactly the same. When, when you compare us to those three clubs, so, oh, we've all been hyped up as well, let's not forget, especially Leeds. Yeah. They were the media yeah. darlings. Oh, they've got the Sandhead and Caesar, they've signed uh, yeah. what's his face from Warrington, Blake Austin. You know, they're going to be well beaters. Yeah. I mean, even I tipped them to be fifth, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, I've, mate, I, I, I defy anyone, uh, having seen who, who Leeds signed, I defy anyone to have picked Hull above them in the league. No, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. They're in most people's top six. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny, actually, because I read uh, January's issue back of what the cream. I put sixth for Hull in that. But then when we did our little thing online, I think it was me, you, Sam. No, no sorry, me, you, Jack, and, uh, and Tim. And we wrote who we thought the top six would be, you know, so play, you know, predictions, you know, expectations, blah, 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 blah. And I said, hold just to miss out, because that's where I think we'll be. We'll, we'll be around sixth or seventh. Yeah. If, if we exceed yeah. that, then it's box tick. Right now we sit fifth, so it's satisfactory. You've got to be content with that, aren't you? It's just about maintaining it, kicking on. And, and let's hope that the areas that we're tearing our hair out over now, let's hope we can improve them. And let's hope that they do shut us up. I'd love nothing more for that to happen, because that means that whole FC will win rugby league matches, and that's what I want. Exactly, exactly, hundred percent. Let's go to the NRL then. Penrith Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, mate! That was, I was watching that with my dad, and mate, he was just, tearing his hair out. <laughs> just keep that pan, that that that, uh, that powder dry there, champ. Because let's not forget that was the last game of the round. So, it was. so we'll go through the cards first. So Thursday night, um, Newcastle six, Manly thirty. Um, uh, my my notes I put no Tom no problem. <laughs> they just they they didn't have Trebojevic playing for them and you know it was you you barely saw the the join you know it was uh, 
they, they were still very, very good. Um, it, it was one of those games where um, they took an early lead and never looked like never looked like um, uh, letting it go. Ruben Garrick was great as um, as Trebojevic's deputy at fullback. I thought they were very good. Harper was good. Paseca was good. They were good in the forwards. Um, Newcastle looked crap, and Caelan Ponga looks like he's desperately looking for the exit. Um, I, I can't see him staying there. I, I honestly think he's, he's nailed on to go at the Dolphins. There's um, a lot of Knights supporters are really filthy with the club because they signed him on a five-year deal, but with a get-out clause every year. Mm. A, a player-activated get-out clause. Don't make any so sense, that, does it? I mean, the club one. It makes no sense. club one makes a lot of sense. I mean, what he's done is he's gone there and he's gone, yeah, I'll sign a six-year deal, but I want to get out clause every year. And they've got a six-year deal. Yeah, no problem. And they've, they've got him. And he's, he's laughing all the way at the bank. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Warriors-Cowboys game, I don't know how the Cowboys lost this. Um, I mean, ridiculous. It went to Golden Point. Sean Johnson kicked the field goal in Golden Point. And the emotion afterwards when he was getting interviewed, he was almost crying his eyes out saying, you know, he has to pinch himself every day that this is what he does for a living and he's so pleased that he's gone home to the Warriors. And, you know, it was just, yeah, it was it was great to see Sean Johnson actually win a game um, for, a, for a team after, you know, a couple of seasons where he's been he's been bouncing in and out of form and injuries and, and stuff. It was really good to see him, him actually win a game for a team. Um, I think the Cowboys will be looking at themselves going, how the hell did we lose that? You know, they should not have lost that game. The Warriors just completely mugged them at the end. Broncos and the Roosters. Um, Broncos made this look a bit better with a couple of late tries. And, and actually, at one stage, did look like they might, they might find a little bit extra and, and really push the Roosters. It's 24-20 to the Roosters, but the Broncos were pretty good. Um, I honestly think Joey Manu was the difference. If Manu doesn't play that game for the Roosters, the Broncos win. Um, the fact that he did play and he scored a couple of tries and he was very, very good uh, defensively as well. Um, Joey Manu doesn't play that game. The Roosters lose that game, I think. Broncos were better than they have been pains me to say it, a lot of that is because Albert Kelly wasn't playing, they looked more balanced um, they, they were um, it was the best game Reynolds has played for them so far uh, and, and they look more balanced without Kelly in the team unfortunately um, Raiders and Storm 16-30 to the Storm that probably flatters the Raiders a bit, Storm were very good, they, they barely got out of first gear, the Raiders did um, push a little bit at the end and it, it did look like they might come over the top, especially after this is a Raiders team, let's not forget it were 20-0 down against the Titans a couple of weeks ago and ended up winning 22-20 um, they've got that in them, can score points quickly <sighs> they need a result soon though the Raiders because they're looking, you know, they're next to bottom, only one win all season up to now and, uh, and not not great um, but they were not going to beat the Storm and like I said the Storm barely got out of second, uh, second uh, gear uh, Bunny's smashed the Dragons um, Mitchell has done his hamstring uh, he's going to be out for eight games um, pretty nasty injury as soon as it happened he just went down put his hand up and said take me off the field uh, which is you know um, a horrible thing to see Blake Taft came on as his uh, replacement and uh, Blake Taft looked very, very good. Took over the goal-kicking duties and looked very, very safe at full-back. They've got a ready-made replacement for the Troll Mitchell and I don't think uh, I don't think they'll miss him that much. Let's not forget, they got to the, the final last year without Mitchell. Mitchell was, was banned and Blake Taft did very, very well in the grand final. He can count himself unlucky really to lose his spot back to the Troll Mitchell, who hasn't been fantastic. Um, but yeah, they they beat the Dragons. Dragons didn't look great. 
Um, Titans 20, Eels 26. Another brave comeback from Gold Coast, but the Eels were just too good. That game, uh, it's a repeat of the game in round one, and it's one of the weird things of the rounds over here that they do they, they do replay, repeat games really quickly. And it's not really that, that pure home and away fixture list. Um, so this this happened you know, round one and round five, and I reckon the Eels would be really glad to see the back of the Titans. They've caused them a few problems. They've probably been the team that's caused the Eels the most problems this year. Um, defensively, the Titans just just seemed to have a way around um, the Eels middle. So it was it was a good game to watch, very exciting game to watch. But the Eels were uh, just too good. And then, unfortunately, the Sharks thirty, the West Tigers four. It was only because Nofaluma, oh, sorry, not Nofaluma, uh, Ken Mamalo um, scored a late intercept try that the Tigers got on the board at all. At one point, there were two hundred minutes without scoring a try because the previous game they got two penalties and the game before that they scored in the first couple of minutes and hadn't scored before that so there were 200 minutes without scoring a try at one point there Shaq I won't even say they got out of first gear I don't think they even I think the, the engine was just idling I don't think they were even in gear they were just rolling downhill um, there's, a, there's a, t- a saying over here when a team a team are really good against poor poor um, against poor opposition they call them a flat track bully um, and that's exactly what the Sharks are, the flat track bullies. When they come up against a team that aren't particularly switched on, they will absolutely take them to the cleaners, and that's what they did to the Tigers. And like I said to you before, the word I wrote down next to the Tigers was passive. Not running their weight, trundling into a tackle, not hitting hard in defence. At one point, the, the ball, there was a bit of a, there was a kick through, the ball kind of... A, ricocheted around Kemba Marlow just stood there and watched it go into touch made no attempt to even get it you know we were in attacking position they just look awful it's obvious to me that Maguire's lost the, the dressing room and um, I don't think he'll be coach uh, this time next month let's put it that way if he's still the coach on the 10th of May something miraculous has happened and we've won a couple of results because the, the Tigers next couple of games um, are not pleasant <laughs> The next, the next game the Tigers play, um, we're away at the Eels, and then the week after that, home to the Bunnies. You know these are all top four sides. Um, yeah, we're 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 not. I can't see where the results coming from. We're, we're, Maguire won't be coach um, this time next month, and then we have to come to it, don't we? The Bulldogs and the Panthers. Um, Gotta say, I thought Carl Flanagan to say that he's been playing in in reserves. I thought he made a real positive change for the dogs. So he, he straightened their attack up, and I thought he, he he made some nice touches. Panthers were just too good, and and again barely got out of second gear. You know they're just they're just they're just monstered over the top of the bulldogs and and were were very very good. I thought that they were a little bit lacked in defence, and the bulldogs you know scored a couple of decent tries. And and to be honest could probably have had a couple more as well um, but the Panthers just did enough and um, there's a lot of improvements come from the Panthers and that's frightening it's given that it's round five and they're five from five um, there's a lot of improvements come from that time I'd agree it is frightening um, you know what I absolutely love what Penrith have done over the past three years because it's everything that we've talked to let's see up to, tr- to what they're trying to do yeah. right now you look at Penrith, right? 2019, they said, right, an origin halfback who's played for Australia, done this, this and that for both the Blues and the Kangaroos. Right, you can go. You can go to Catalans, James Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. 
big players on big contracts. So again, had played for Australian Regan Campbell Gillard, yep. and New Zealand international in Dallin Watini Zeleznak. I think I've pronounced that wrong. Zeleznak. Um, they weren't they weren't cutting it. They weren't good enough, and they've let them go. And what they've done is re- they've replaced it. They've backed the youth system. Obviously, you've got to have the players to do this, which I do believe that Hull have right now. We have got very good young players in Cam Scott, who's unfortunately injured. Jack Brown, Brad Fash, Connor Wynn, you know, Ben McNamara, who's shut me up after Castleford. So, yeah, we, we've got to back the youth, haven't we? We've got to press a view of them. And this is exactly this what Penrith have fi- done. This is, the, this is the famous five-year plan of Gus Gold. Coming to fruition now, isn't it? I mean, that, Crook, absolutely that left fruition. edge, mate. That left edge, you've got yeah. Isaac Targo, who's just turned 20. You've got Tyler May, who's 19 years old. That Tyler May's got six tries in three games. But that, that try where yeah. he... Uh, offloaded to Tiger. Tiger stepped ran about eighty meters and offloaded it to Dylan Edwards. It was absolutely phenomenal, and that's what can happen in it if you back your systems and you back your processes and your youth and you bring them through. Because they're all yours, aren't they? They've known your systems. They know nothing else, and just hope Hull can do that and bring through the quality young players. I mean, we see it. I see it. You know, under twelve level Hull, you primarily rugby or up until under thirteens, under fourteens. I think it's getting stronger and stronger in Hull. And Hull FC are a big part of that because they took it over. You know, Rovers will have a sing and dance scene, yeah, we did this and that. But it's Hull FC who have took it over. And it's getting better. The challenge is obviously keeping them post under 14s until they get to under 18s if they don't quite make it at all. Or Rovers or even cast these days. Yeah, yeah you to, to keep them. Keep them, keep them playing up the league. Yeah, because you get yeah. late developers. Yeah. Let's not forget Jamie Scholl signed for FC having played for Scaler Open Edge. Chris Green was the same. Yeah. So it can yeah. happen, can't it? Um, happens in Australia even more than it does in England. But... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you've got people making their debut in the 30s. Yeah, exactly. I think we've had a few 20s, haven't we, as well? Uh, you know, obviously, Nathan Cleary went away from that. He made his debut at 18, and he's been a consistent mainstay of the side since then. But that doesn't happen all the time, does it? Sometimes you come in at 21, 22, even 23, 24. But, yeah, I think the blueprints, are, that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? And if if we get it right, I say content's the word with LSC. You're a satisfactory start. We've just got to keep building and keep backing what the club are trying to do. I... I do believe in them, I do. I get frustrated and I pull my hair out and obviously I get wound up at flaws, limitations, positions that I think need improvement. But, and again, there's your example. Look what Penrith have done. Look what they did. We're talking some absolutely huge names here, but off your pop. We've got Jerome Luai. He's going to be absolutely class. Origin half back now, nah, don't need him. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and they've, they've backed themselves, you know. They've backed themselves. And you can't, you can't name one of those players that's gone somewhere else and come back to Holton. No, I think the first COVID year, Wacker Blake had a real good game, didn't he, when I think Parramatta beat Penrith. It was the only game they lost of the 2020 season, yeah. well, up until the grand final. But, uh, yeah, you're right. You don't see, uh, like, again, even at the weekend, I mean, Matt Burton didn't pull up many trees. I and mean, if you've got to feel sorry for that, but I've gone from a bloody premiership winning centre to playing in that basket case, basket case mm-hmm. Barrett coach side. Uh, I tell you what, now you've watched them, right? Can you see what I've been going on about? Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. That was the first time I watched Canterbury this season because I couldn't be out. Yeah, yeah. When you see, I, I saw some highlights of the Melbourne game. <laughs> they actually gave them a good go for the first twenty minutes last week down, you know, in, in Victoria. Yeah. But yeah, they're up. They're an opus organisation, aren't they? They like, they like the league, what, what, bit like what Lee Centurions were in Super League last year. They're just yeah, they're yeah. opus. They're off the pace. Mm. They're off the pace. Yeah, massively. Massively, uh, but yeah, the parallels are there, aren't they? With Hull and with Penrith, let's just hope that our kids are going to be good enough and that they will get to the next level. I mean, your fashies have done that. Your Jack Brown is doing that. 
Yeah. So Connor Wynn could do that. Lane, yeah, Lane's a great example. I don't think I mentioned him first off. Yeah, Lane is a, is a brilliant example. See Connor Wynn, your Ben McNamara, your Cam Scotts. What a time to get injured for Cam Buddy Scott. He would have been a mainstay. He would have played all nine games and he would have been in that centre yeah. starting every week and just. You've got to feel for him, haven't you? Especially after the first half he had against Salford where he got 12 tries and then he does his bloody ankle. It's sort of like, it's typical. And, and that's another thing, you know, I, I don't like pissing contests and I don't think you do either, but the reality is we have had a lot of disruption this year, haven't we? And and, and to finish off then, we've just had a, obviously a, a, a query, some questions thrown at our nine and some questions thrown at our one as well because I'm not just picking a scapegoat here, I'm picking a few players out. And obviously the six and the seven, but... Them four players haven't had much time to play together, have they? You think Gale and Connor, that partnership's surely going to get better as the understandings get more yeah. natural. Yeah, Reynolds needs a run of games now. And we've got to play to his strengths as well. It's not just, just slagging him off saying, no, oh, he's coming here for a holiday. No, he am The effort and energy he puts in, he wants to play. He wants to graft the whole FC. You see that in how yeah. he is. We've got to play direct and we've got to play to his strengths. And it's the same with all of them. We've got to play to Connor's strength. Well, how do we do that? Well, we get the ball out wide where he can strike. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, the, the, we, we, there's improvement across the park for us. Um, but what, what we've got to do is, is Gail and, and Reynolds have got to take that team by the scruff of the neck and say, this is the way we're going to play. They need to realise our coach's dream of, of how he wants them to play. And, you know, they've not played many minutes together. But we need to get them together and they need to be our first choice six and seven because we're paying them the big bucks to be the first choice six and seven and they need to take that team by the scruff of the neck and we need to play the way that, that we need to play. Um, other than that, it's about forward domination and it's about it's about picking the right team. You know, and if, if you're coming against a, a team that are going to steamroll you because they've got four massive props on the bench or whatever, well, you know, that's when you need... That's when you need a Bowden. That's when you need a, another forward on the bench. Yeah. And, and I think that there's a naivety around us at the moment where we think that, you know, we, we just, we're just not quite there. We, we just, our smarts just just not quite there. Yeah, that's the key thing. Our smarts, uh, that's not necessarily on the coaches, on his selections. Again, you'd think the past two games, if, if one of those passes from Connor sticks at the end and we beat Wigan... If we don't give away the penalty, we would have won the game anyway. You know, the one when they made it 4-0 to 6-0, probably wouldn't end up winning the game anyway. Um, again, on Saturday, if one of those errors, if it sticks and we win, we're not even talking about this because in both games, we left points out on that field. So it's not like the team selections... See, I don't see it as a, an absolute massive point. Like we said last week, I see it as a nitpicking point. I don't see it as like, oh, this is absolutely hopeless and Brett Hodgson's costing us games every week. I don't see it like that because we're leaving points out there, which means that we're in with the shot every week. Yeah, we're in games that we had no right to be in and they wouldn't be in last year and the year before. That's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just got to keep going and obviously keep believing in the, in the structures and the shapes that Brett is trying to implement. And obviously, you know, it's about long-term picture, isn't it? Which unfortunately isn't pretty. It's it's not sexy. It's not, sexy. It's not no, it's but not sexy, mate. got to persevere yeah. with it, haven't we? I mean, look at St. Again, look at St. Ellen's in 2016 under Kieran Cunningham. Look at St. Ellen's yep. now and look who's starring from. Lewis Dodd and Jack Wellsby. Well, mate, we've just been talking about Penrith, you know? Wooden spooners. Mm. Wooden spooners to grand final winner. Grand final, beaten grand finalists, then grand final winners within four years. That's yeah. what we're talking 2015, about. 2015, they were bottom four, weren't we? Uh, 2019, yeah. they were bottom five, I want to say about 10th, I think. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. If you like, they've gone from 10th to Premiers in literally two years. Yeah. So That's what we're talking yeah. about. Absolutely. And, and that is purely because they were, they were getting rid of Deadwood and they were getting rid of people that the old coach had, had on long-term contracts and they were paying people out and bringing in youth and bringing in the right players. That's purely what that is. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that... that, that so this, this is a, this is where we've got to be careful. I'm not saying that in two years that gives Hulessi a divine right to be successful and win trophies. <laughs> not saying that at all. Manage those expectations. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But what it does do is it gives it, it puts us in a better position yeah. to try and do 100%. that. Right now, as I say, 100%. we're going around in circles. Hopefully, yeah. it'll be a straighter path if we get all this right. But but yeah, bit of a bit of a rant that one. Um, <laughs> bring on Easter. As always, mate. Thanks for your time. Come on, you all. No worries, mate. Come on, you all.